Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I began a series entitled Power to Be. Power to Be. Let's read Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I believe it is the central verse of the entire book of Acts. Acts 1-8 is the key verse. It, it holds the message of the entire book of Acts. Acts 1-8, Jesus said to them, this was after the resurrection, during the 40 days he was on earth, just before he ascended back to heaven. He says, but you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We looked at those three words last week. You remember that? Just a quick recap. Three words, power, my, and be. Jesus said, you'll receive what? Say it again, what you hear you? Power, power. The Greek word is dunamis. It means might, strength, ability. I want you to remember this. Primarily, it is connected to power in action. It is an empowerment. God gives every believer, I want you to hear what I'm going to talk about today, to fulfill your assignment. Individually and collectively, we have to be empowered to do that. The power that, that, that is released when we step into our purpose. He said, so you need power. And then he says, to do what? To be what kind of witnesses? My. Power and my. My witnesses. Uh, we're not here to witness ourselves. We're here to be witnesses of Jesus. Can everybody say amen to that? In other words, the, the testimony we leave, the fragrance we, we leave, the, 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 what, what people talk about after we're there is Jesus. It's Jesus. That's what they see when, when they're here worshiping, when we're online worshiping, when, when we're working, when we're living life, doing life. The witness is of him. So power to be my witnesses, power to be, power to be. Before any of that begins, we have to receive. So many times it's all about earning, working for, deserving, feeling worthy. No, Jesus said, I've given you an assignment, but I'll give you the anointing to begin the assignment. How many heard what I said? I, want, I have a purpose for you, but I'm going to give you power before the purpose. In other words, we can't complete our purpose as a church collectively, as a Christian individually. I will never fulfill the purpose of God in my life until first I receive the power of God in my life. We will never complete our assignment, the reason God put us on this planet. And aren't you thankful every person on this planet, is the, it's in God's will, he wants them to be saved. And every person that's a believer has an assignment for God on this planet. But we are, we be, we become before we do. And we study that. So let's go to Acts chapter 2. What does that look like? What does that look like when we begin to get Acts 1-8? When we understand I can be empowered by God to be a witness of Jesus. So this is where it began. I'm going to read a little bit of a lengthy passage, uh, but I want to make some important application here, okay? Let's go to Acts 1, or pardon me, Acts 2 and verse 1. So he, he said to them, you're going to be empowered. You stay in Jerusalem until that happens. So let's look at this. What happens? Chapter 2 of Acts, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, so on the day, feast of Pentecost... Ten days after he ascended back to heaven, uh, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on who? Each of them. What are the first three words of verse 4? Say, say each of them. Say all of them. 
Now point to the people around you. Everybody. Each of them. Each of them. Do you get this? This empowerment from the beginning was for everyone. Not just the apostles. How many are listening to me? Not just the guy on the platform, everybody in the house. All right? You give me not just people with titles, everybody that knows Jesus. Each of them, all of them, what? Were filled, just as he said, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So let me fast forward. What we find here is because of the day of Pentecost, Jews from almost every nation of the earth had come for that special feast according to what the law declared. In fact, it was one of the three days, and I'm going to mention this again on Father's Day next week, where all the males of the nation were gathered there. All the males of the nation of Israel and from nations around the world were gathered there. And as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to pray in a tongue unknown to the prayer, supernatural prayer ability. And as they were praying, people began to hear them proclaiming the glory of God in their own languages. And they said, whoa, this is supernatural. These guys are all local Galileans. And they're praying in all these languages. And they're not babbling and just foaming at the mouth. They're declaring articulately the glories of God. The crowd rushed in and they said, what happened? What is this? What's, what's going on here? So uh, to answer their question, verse 14, follow that with me. Then who stood up? Then Peter. Peter? Wow. Wasn't he the guy that went fishing? Wasn't he the guy that denied Jesus? Wasn't he, wasn't he the guy that wrote checks with his mouth that his life couldn't back up? Wasn't he the guy that said, I'll do anything for you, Jesus, and when the heat turned up, you couldn't find Yeah. So then Peter stood up with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Now watch this. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. Some, some said, well, you know, they've got to be drunk. They're too happy to be Christians. Religious people don't get this happy. Religion doesn't make you happy. Religion makes you sad. Religion isn't freeing. Religion is, bi- is binding. Religion isn't personal. Religion is earning. These guys are way too happy, way too in a relationship, way too free for it to be Jesus. He said, no, it's Jesus. Here's the answer. Anybody want to be happy? Anybody want to be free? Anybody want to be empowered? Anybody want to get out of religion to get into relationship? Let's get this. So he, he says, these guys aren't drunk. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So it goes to the word of God. And this prophecy is this, verse 17, he's quoting Joel. In the last days, God says, when in the last days, God says, I will dribble small drops, pour, wow, I will pour out my spirit on certain races. Oh, I will pour out my spirit on people with titles. Oh, all people, wow. You know, the Bible's kind of radical when you really look at it, isn't it? Isn't the Bible kind of radical? I mean, it's, it's, it's it, you know, the Bible, I could have said, the Bible's almost kind of messy, to religious people. Anybody with me? Today? The Bible just, it's just kind of radical. It's radical. The, the more I read the Bible in our culture, the more radical this Bible becomes to me. You understand that? Okay. okay. I, sorry. Let me go on. So he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. And, and then I love the, the, the generational diversity of this. 
Because some people have said, see, I've heard people say, well, church is for grandma. Religion's for old people. Maybe, but I'm not preaching religion today. I'm preaching Jesus today. Okay? So he said, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Wow. You mean women can speak? Ladies, I'm just waiting for your name. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Now, what happens when the spirit of God comes on the church? Drop down to verse 21. Here's the bottom line. It always will be for God, right? And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what happens when we become empowered? When our natural gets supernatural? When we begin to operate in God's realm instead of our realm? When we get into the kingdom of God instead of the working of man, people begin to see Jesus and they say, I want to be saved. I want something to happen in my life. It's a phenomenal thing that happens. But I, I want you to see something. I, I, I have to make sure we catch the moment we're in. I, I, things are too important. Uh, truth is too important. How we respond is too important. The assignment of the church in this moment is too important to miss not only who we are, but why we're here and what's going on. I want you to back up and I want you to see verse 17. Peter says the very first thing, that the setting for this prophecy to be fulfilled, for the church to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is in when? <clears throat> the last days. Someone, people have asked me a lot more frequently, uh, it started with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Pa- Pastor, do you think these are the last days? Uh, absolutely. We've been in the last days 2,000 years. Did you, did you see what the Bible said? We've been in the last days 2,000 years. We're 2,000 years closer to the coming of Christ than when you read this, than when this was prophesied or repeated here. We're, we're 2,000 years into the last days. I would say we're in the last of the last days. And there's some uniqueness about this time. We must look at this moment spiritually. That doesn't mean we don't respond physically and compassionately. Look at everything we've talked about today. But I'm going to tell you our perspective has to be the biblical perspective to make the right response to where we are. We're in the last days. So what we're reading here in Acts chapter 2 about a church empowered by the Holy Spirit is more important than it has ever been. I'm I'm going to make a couple of bold statements today. I don't believe an individual Christian is going to make it in these days without relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe churches are going to survive the culture of today if they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm on record for that today. Now you can put your doctrine however you want to frame that, however you want to define that, but I'm going to tell you something. According to the Word of God, the church that witnesses Jesus... In this day we're in will be a church that is full of the Holy Spirit, that is a witness of Jesus above everything else, and people understand that. We're in the last days. We need the power of the Holy Spirit more than we ever have. Now, now, now let me show you something. Second Peter 3, verse 8. Go there with me. I've got, I, my goodness, what happens to time? Second Peter, I want you to go there with me. Uh, this is critical to see this. Chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. I want you to still remember how to find things in your Bible. I'm, I give you a cheat sheet up here all the time. I don't want you to get lazy. 
You might want to read it at home. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> you might want to be able to find your Bible without a scavenger hunt. Just a thought. All right. So, so look at this. I know people say, ah, oh, this last day's business. I've heard that all my life. Wah, 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 wah. Last day, last day. Well, you have heard it all your life because we're 2,000 years into it. And you're not that old. But here's what you need to understand. Are you with me? Look at this. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. See, people say, well, why did the Lord come back? All you last days, guys, eh. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. But look at verse 9. Here's the reason he hasn't come back yet. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Did you read that? How many of you have been saved in the last 10 years? Let me see your hand. Okay, How many have been saved in the last 20 years? Let me see your hand. How many have been saved in the last 50 years? Let me see your hand. Everybody, last 50 years? If Jesus would have come 51 years ago, you'd be in hell today. How many love 2 Peter 3.9? I love 2 Peter 3.9. How many, how many, how many stop saying, he's never coming back and saying, thank God for the patience of God? You with me? You with me? How many with me? Let's get real with this thing. All right. So I want you to understand about the last days, God hadn't been asleep. He's not slow keeping his promise. He's loved you too much. He's loved this world too much. He's against the Antichrist too much to have come before the last moment of his patience. That's the last day. But I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 because, again, I, this is why I made that bold statement. I don't know how the church survives without being empowered by the Holy Spirit in this season we're in. Because what's happening, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of hell are in a full sprint for the souls of this world. 2 Timothy 3, please put that up for me. 2 Timothy 3, 1. You ready? Watch this. So we're talking about the last day. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last day. No, Pastor, come on. I came to, come on. I've given you enough good news for the next four months already today. But let's get all the news right now. Come on, don't back up on me now. Don't turn your computer off now. Don't put the phone down now. Stay there. Mark this. There'll be terrible times in the last days. That's what the Word says, right? People will be lovers of themselves. Let's think about where we are. But first, <laughs> I want you to look in the mirror while I'm reading this before you start looking around. Okay. There's going to be pointing. Let's look in the mirror first. You with me? Everybody with me? Let's get, let's get, get the Holy Ghost mirror out right now. I know I'm meddling a little bit, but that's I, I, all right. People be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. I thought I'd get some amens on that. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Man, it's kind of rough, isn't it? Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then the kicker, 
And then the kicker, having a form of godliness. That crowd we just read about claimed to be religious. That culture we just read about claims to be religious. Attempts to cover that under the cloak of misspent, misapplied religion. And how do we know what's right? Because they deny the power of God. He said, don't hang out with those guys. How do we discern and determine Truth and untruth in this culture? How do we know what's Jesus and not Jesus? Quiet in the house right now, isn't it? How, how do we navigate through this time? How do we understand what is God and what's not of God? How do we know that a church, that an individual is doing the purpose and assignment of God? Because in this whole thing you see here, these five verses, he boils it down to one thing. There are people who will cloak their rebellion and disobedience and ungodliness and selfishness and do everything they can to find an excuse for it, even call it religion, even say that God condones it, but what they will not be able to do is express, live, witness the power of the Holy Spirit that frees us from that list and enables us to live like Jesus. To deny the power of God as a believer in this season we are living in is to remove yourself from the very thing that caused you to come into the last days. The last days. i got to keep moving. The last days. The last days. Characterized by what? Well, we understand that at any moment Christ could return in his rapture and catch the church away. Can you imagine this planet... Ten minutes after every Christian's gone off this planet? Can you imagine the utter chaos with no truth left? Can you imagine the utter depravity? Everything we read in that list on steroids ten minutes after the church is lifted? The spirit of Antichrist, the, the, the individual who arrives during that tribulation following the, the uh, rapture, the spirit of that is already at work in the world. And as we move closer to that, that time, it will become more operative. It will become more obvious if you look at things through a biblical perspective. If you don't, it just becomes normal. See? And so what happens is uh, the devil does a trial run. See, I used to wonder. I always believed what the Scripture says. Whether I understood it or not, I believe it. Just because George Sawyer can't figure it out doesn't mean God's no bigger in my little brain. So if I read it, I believe it. Anybody with me on that? Yes, I well, I don't understand it. Well, welcome to human race. Well, I, didn't, I don't understand it. Well, God's bigger than we are. So I believed it before I could figure it. I used to wonder early on, how in the world will the whole world come under one man in, a, in a, just a matter of months to set him up as the Antichrist? How is that going to happen? How fast? I mean, the whole world is going to be affected by something so quickly? 
that 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 whole tribulation scenario can come to pass? Listen to me. We just got a front row seat. COVID-19 just shut the planet down. You couldn't fly on a plane if you wanted to. Are you ready? Shut the doors of every church in this nation. I'm not saying where our religious liberties have been taken away from us. I'm not saying that. We did it for health reasons. But I'm going to say it. The door's still shut. You're going to tell me just what we've seen right now? Come on. We're in a front row seat. Better understand the last day. You're going to tell me that if as many people died as they say we're going to die early on at this thing? Everybody would have lined up like sheep. You could put the mark of the beast on my head, on my foot, on my kid, on my behind. Excuse me. You could put it anywhere you want it. We just saw a trial run. You have that many people die in a month and one guy pops up and has the answer? Whoo, he's the man. Forget the Bible. Forget everything else. He's the man. I just got your attention on it. That's why I said again, in the culture we're in, this isn't a man culture. This isn't a human church. This isn't an earthly church. We're going to have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the will and the work of God. Every once in a while, I, today, I mean, again, I, I love to preach everything else, but I'm having to understand. You, we have to understand where we are. The same Acts chapter 2 says we'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit, receive power. It says we're in the last days. <laughs> the, same, the same chapter. You with me? Same chapter. And here's what I know. Here's what I understand. With all that's going on, you say, Pastor, who can represent Jesus in, in, in this kind of moment? Who can do that? Well, Peter gives us hope. <laughs> The Bible says Peter stood up. What do you mean? In the hardest moment, in the biggest crowd, this guy that had hidden behind closed doors, this guy who denied he ever saw Jesus, this guy who cursed in front of a little servant girl just to make sure nobody knew he was a Jesus follower, this guy who said, I'm walking off on my calling, I'm going to go back to my profession before Jesus met me, this guy walks up and stands up in the middle of the most critical moment and begins to preach the Word of God. What happened to him? Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, intervened in the life of Peter and took a man. Listen, this is what, you got to get this. I, I don't have much more time. See, we have to be before we do. When Jesus first met Peter and he came to him, remember the gospels, he looked at him, he said, hey, you're, in English translated, he said, so Peter, uh, he said, you know, your name means read, R-E-E-D, read. You just, whatever wind blows, there you go. So he met him, said, you're a read. He says, hang in here with me, and before we're done, you're going to be a rock. I met you like a reed, but I see in you, listen to me, I see a rock inside of you. Do you know that Jesus is willing to take you where you are in the worst condition of your life with all of our failures and weakness and wavering, but the moment he sees you, he sees what no one else has ever seen in you. He sees something you don't know about yourself. 
And he said, if you'll follow me, I'm going to forgive you and redeem you. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You're going to become who I put you on this earth to become. And what we have to understand today is that I've had enough of me. We've had enough of we. We need more of him. We need to encounter the God who sees who we are when nobody sees who we are. See, everybody saw Peter as the guy with the big mouth making promises he couldn't keep. But Jesus, from the first instant, saw a man who would someday stand up and preach the gospel and see the first 3,000 people come in the kingdom of God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Peter encourages me. See, Peter had, we, we have, dear God, I'm over time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I almost got Hispanic for a minute there. Did you hear that? Ay, ay, ay. Okay, anyway. So, uh, uh, here, here, here's what I want you to see. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Emilio. Dios le bendiga, hermano, hermanas. Okay, I said, God bless you, brother and sister. I got a little bit. I got a little bit of everything. On the inside here, I'm white on the outside, but I got some black on the inside. I got some brown on the inside. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I bothered some people. Let's go on. Um, so here we go. We're going to wrap it up. Here we go. So Peter becomes the man God always knew he could become. The church has to become the church that Jesus knows we can become. The, the, the culture demands it. The moment demands it. But what I want you to see is that these moments that everyone else looks at and says, this is bad, this is bad. I mean, what are we going to do? This, this, this isn't going to work. We're, we're, we're not going to make this happen. Pastor, help us. What, I'm, what I want you to see is this moment is the church's greatest opportunity. Because everything that man is doing is not working. Are you with me? It's failing in front of our faith. See, COVID-19 released fear on this planet. Trying to deal with racism without Jesus releases hatred on this planet. Let's be honest. In, in any shade. So racism's answer is not a human answer alone. It has to be the intervention of God that changes the hearts of men and women so that we begin to see each other the way Jesus sees us. And you can go through therapy. You can have a talk. You can do this. You can do that. You can say it. You can smile at my face and cuss me at my back. But until your heart changes, you won't solve the problems of this culture. And so my prayer and my hope, my knowledge, my faith, I, to, I bet my life on it. I bet my life on it. I push all the chips out on the table. Can you say that in church? I push, uh, Pastor Tony told me about gambling. I push all the chips out on the table and bet my life and bet this church that Jesus is real enough, that Jesus is big enough, that the power of the Holy Spirit can transform us enough that we witness Jesus. That we witness Jesus. You need to stand with me, please. Worship team, please join me. I basically preached my introduction today. If we'll come back next week or two, I'll try to finish. The power of the Holy Spirit. You understand? That's, it's the last day's solution. The power of the Holy Spirit is the last day's solution. How many would say today, Pastor, listen, listen to me. How many of you want to become the person God designed you to be? Oh, I, I, I do. With all my heart, with all my soul, I want to become 
who he made me to be. And you know what I understand? I really, of course, I have choices in the matter. We sing, I can surrender to God. That's how it's going to happen. But I can't do it. Only God can do it. Are you with me? I can surrender. I can say, God, here's my life. God, I, I, I want to serve you. But, but I can't do what the Holy Spirit can do. How many understand that today? I can't create what God's power can do. But I'm amazed at what I see. A man like Peter stand up and in that moment become what God had always seen me to be. It's stunning to me. It's amazing to me. How does a witch doctor become a preacher of the gospel? Did you hear what Joel said? Did you hear why he said he wanted Jesus? He said it. He didn't know he's quoting scripture. He said, I want to lose Jesus because what's inside of you is greater than what's inside of me. If that don't put a Holy Ghost hop in you, you need to get saved right now. You need to get saved. My God. My God. Why do I want Jesus? Because what's in you is greater than what's in me. We may not meet a witch doctor tomorrow. Listen, listen, church. But you're going to meet somebody who's hurting. Somebody who's looking. Somebody who's struggling. Somebody who's saying, God, help me. Is there a way? Is there a God? And you know, we can say it this way. The pain that's in you, the pain that's in you is not greater than the healer that's in me. See that? The confusion in you is not greater than the God who's in me. That's who, that's who we are. So I want us to pray together right now. Church family, I'm praying that God will begin to put a passion in every one of us to say, God, I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit like never before in my life. God, I surrender the me. You know what John the Baptist said to Jesus? I must decrease so you can increase. Are we willing to do that? I must decrease so you can increase. I surrender to you, God. I surrender to you. Come on, right where we are. Would you lift your hands and just say, Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I surrender. I believe in you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. In your home, in this place, I surrender to you, Jesus. Empower me. Empower me. Give me the power to be. Give me the power to be who you created me to be. Give me the power to be the man you want me to be today. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I surrender to you. Jesus, I give you my life. Lord, I want to be a witness of Jesus. I want Jesus to flow through my life. If you're not a believer right now, please just say right where you are, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of running from you. And today I come to you and give you my life. It's just that simple. Today, I give you my life. Would you say, Lord, as a Christian, anoint me with the Holy Spirit today. Fill me with the Holy Spirit today. Lord, use me. Use me. Use me. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit today. I trust you with my life. I trust you with everything I have, God. I thank you. I thank you today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.